think about who you are and where you are in this moment. Remember that every part of you has been woven together by the fabric of your ancestors, the good and the bad, the non-judgmental view arises, their blood, their experiences, their pains, their joys, all run through you and have shaped you. I invite you for a moment to begin to visualize your family line, starting with your ancestors as far back as you remember. If it serves you, start to imagine the culture, the environment, the time. Continue moving through your body as you invite your ancestors in. When you feel complete, end with a simple phrase. I thank all those who have helped shape and create me. In silence as long as you like, allowing the messages to come to you. Do they take images, symbols, forms? As you end with a simple phrase, I thank all those who have helped shape and create me. I honor their ancestral wisdom. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Liam, who talks about their connection to the ancestors, the earth, and the value that psilocybin has brought them. Liam, it's great to have you. It's wonderful to hear your voice. How are you coming in today? Doing good. Yeah, feeling grounded, and thanks so much for having me. Thanks for tapping into that grounding meditation. When I talk about the ancestors, what intuitively comes up for you, Liam? Well, yeah, I I kind of have some images of of doing some of this type of meditation where I go back to the old country. I actually, I I think I actually start, you know, just through generations that I know here in this country, and the old farms, the family farms, and the back fields and the barns, and then I kind of jump the pond and go back to somewhere around Ireland or the UK and then maybe even further back through Europe and then down, you know, through the Mediterranean and down into Africa, you know, way back. I started getting images of stones and trees and the earth and the ancestors that are beyond human. Um, so yeah, I kind of get those images surrounding me. For my lineage. That's wonderful. We've been working with your psychedelic integration for some time now. And can you tell me where you sit now and what's coming to the surface in your psychedelic integration? 
Yeah, I think, um, yeah, these days, I think, well, it's very fitting. We started with the, the ancestor meditation. I think a lot of what I see with my work with plant medicine is, is, um, relation with, with nature through kind of the, the spirits of, of the ancestors, but also the spirits of those, what we call, um, inanimate objects. I think all of our ancestors kind of saw them as animate objects and to see the spirit in a tree and to really cherish that and see that or, you know, any flower or basically anything, you know, a, a river, a field. And these are things I meditate on and, and I notice the life in those things. Then I also notice that same light and life in me. A lot of my visualizations have to do with kind of sharing that light back and forth between different people and things and, and nature and ancestors and trying to amplify that, that light and also sending that light to people I'm thinking of like intentions of people that are maybe sick or struggling or depressed and kind of holding them and, and sending them good thoughts um and uh visual that's art. remarkable yeah thanks for healing for them can i ask has that always been within you or did that come about through the acceptance of working with psychedelics it sounds like such a beautiful interwoven connection to nature and earth and spirit how how could you articulate and what lands for you as it relates was there not necessarily one before the other, but how does it commingle? Yeah, well, I will say, you know, the theory of all of that was there since kind of childhood and being raised pretty um, spiritual. I, I mean, my family was religious, but I would say that, you know, I was actually raised more spiritual than religiously. And so I did have the idea of intention and seeing the life and all things. And that was all a good thought, <laughs> of course, right? but it really didn't start resonating and like really coming into like non-doubt, like this is, this is real. I feel this until I started really working with plant medicine. Um, that just made it less of kind of a theory and more of a felt experience and less of like a practice of like, I should probably say some prayers because I'm in, I'm in recovery and the 12 steps. And there's a lot of prayers and like recommendations to wake up and say your prayers. And that's all good. You know, I know there's a good reason for that, like with discipline and getting a routine down. I never quite like there'd be occasional times where I could get there, where I was like on another wavelength. Most of the time it was more just, again, the idea of it. And it wasn't until recently working with integrating plant medicine experiences that I kind of could turn off my analytical brain of saying, is this really working or doing something? And just, just trusting my gut that it is real and it is connecting me to a higher power. And these intentions of thinking about other people and bringing that light out are genuine. It sounds very genuine, and it also sounds as if you're not looking to receive anything necessarily or directly in return. There's like a real sacrifice and 
unwillingness to worry about getting anything in return with the way that you are speaking about putting it out there. Well, yeah, I would, I hope so. I mean, there are definite times where I, I walk that line of like, you know, making sure I'm doing this for the right reasons. Cause I sure it gets confusing because you're doing this work and you're like, oh, wow, maybe this is going to like help me a lot and heal me and my relationships will get better. And maybe my art will get better. I'm a creative person. So y there is that side of you that kind of gets like tied up in the Western mindset of like progressing and improving and succeeding and all that, which is almost, you know, counter to <laughs> the biohacking, the, the biohacking, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. But then, yeah, if you're really in a grounded place and you get there, it isn't about you, right? It's about connecting to the bigger energy out there. It's about thinking about other people and like making yourself this vessel that the muse is working through and you're just there to carry on the word, carry on the light. And that's just a privilege to be a part of that type of passing on to kids, to neighborhoods and families and who, whoever you're in touch with, you know, you're like, you can bring that to a person through just a, a nod in the grocery store and a smile. I love that. Um, yeah. So just to be thinking about it on that level, not like career development or something, you know? Right. Yeah. That goal oriented behavior that so often is spoken about, even in right. mental health, it's like, are we eradicating something? You said so much wonderful substance here. And if I may, how do you channel that creative flow or that divine kind of psychedelic energy or wisdom that's provided to you? How do you discern that as you being a creative force plays? Yeah, well, something I've noticed is, is there's waves and I just kind of have to ride the waves because sometimes it can be really intense after a session of, you know, and then trying to integrate with like the inspiration is like very strong and the light is kind of beaming through. So it's like at those moments, what, what books you want to read, what, you know, songs you're listening to, what songs you want to write, all, all of that energy is there and leaning into it and knowing that like, this is good. It's okay to be feeling a little, a little mad right now, or a little like crazy. Right. Um, sure. And, and, and to kind of lean into it and know that this will pass, but like use this time because this is the way the spirit is moving you right now. And then know that like, maybe that's not the exact time to make life changing decisions what your next move is career wise or, or family wise. Um, but to, to take notes and to get kind of see the patterns and then know that it's going to come down a little bit and you're going to ground and things will shift and that's okay. That doesn't discount any of the things that happened two or three weeks ago. And then, you know, you feel that wave coming back up again and, and again, and it's just for me, I don't know if anybody else would resonate with that, but for me, it's, um, it's just noticing the patterns and the things that, that really stick and the, the, you know, if something occurs more than a couple times, then I know that's something to really focus on and just take, take my time, you know, not rush any big revelation. It's like over time, these things will, will take root. Yeah. You speak so eloquently about like the paradox of patience and time and then also how we all want to do something with it. And so 
especially with the creative process or even the healing of mental health. Liam, tell me a little bit about what that looks like as you are unfolding this work today. How, how do you kind of see the timeline with this work and what, what, what kind of are the calls? Do you, do you have invitations that come up? Do you have signs within your body that you're like, oh, it's time for me to do a dive or it's time for me to at least check in with myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because coming into this work, I thought, you know, I, I thought maybe, um, <laughs> I don't know what I thought, but like, like one session might change my life. And, and it did in, in some regards, but I also know that it is like a long process of years and years of tracking what happens, you know, in between before and after and giving yourself enough time to integrate properly where all the different feelings can kind of settle in. You don't have to understand everything, but I think your body needs that time to kind of find, find its way. And there'll be times where it feels like you're taking a step backwards. There'll be confusing times, hard times, but I do think ultimately if you're patient with it, I do feel growth. I was going to say progression, but it's really not. It's, it's just, it's just growth. And you, you need the lessons that present themselves right, right when you need them. You know, you don't have to go back in your notebook and sift through all these things intellectually to figure out like what you learned or whatever. I think your body knows and your spirit knows what to retain. Again, just being open, patient and uh trusting that the medicine is working on a level that you don't quite understand right what's it like to be in a place that becomes such a felt sense and a knowing almost like ancient right there's this sense that the medicine specifically if you're working with plant medicine like psilocybin there's like an ancient knowing have you ever found information that uh, really reassured you in that knowing where you didn't have to logically or theoretical ma theoretically make sense of it. Rather, you were able, this is just, I know this. I don't need any explanation. Right. Yeah. Well, there is that deep knowing where the images come across and they're archetypal and ancient and they're not necessarily things that you would dream up. But if you open up your active imagination and you kind of trust this, shamanic journey of of i don't know images or characters that come through that those ancient themes can can lead you somewhere so you know examples of that for me i think one of my intentions going in was kind of like facing my fears and one of my little uh phobias is spiders and so I must have been kind of meditating on that going into the experience and then kind of, uh, you know, I'm not going in with any agenda of what exactly is going to happen here, but the spider was present in the vision and what the spider did was something I didn't understand at the time, you know, which was kind of wrap my head up in a spider web and, and feed it to a, a white bear and things like that'll happen a lot in my, you know, dreams, lucid dreams here, um, visions and experiences. And I won't know why that's happening at the time. I just kind of write it and follow it. 
take it down into the underground and see what's going on. And then later, yeah, you realize that that's an ancient archetype of like the spider being magic and you being afraid of your own magic deep down inside. And so you kind of suppress it or you sidestep it and you don't let it fully come out. So the spider comes in and removes the ego, removes the head and the analytical thinking so that, and feeds it to the bear so that you can go deep down in the body. And it wasn't until, you know, hours later or days later that it kind of like clicked. It's like, oh, maybe that's what that was about. Those are the types of things that are like, just trust, trust your intuition. If something, some image comes up, follow it, see what it does. And you might think to yourself, am I just imagining this? And uh, that is exactly what you're doing. But right. It's coming from your subconscious and like that's teaching you something. So let it go and don't worry about what it means for the time being. And maybe later you can figure out what that ancient pattern means. Cause most likely if, if you're tuned in to kind of like cultural patterns of ancient, you know, culture, those types of things will pop up. Um, so yeah. That's fantastic. Do you find yourself more confident in this space? Not like in a egoic way, but you talked about fear of spiders. When you come across one of your largest fears, what wisdom do you walk with now in the future? What, what, what was a lesson that knowing that it was so archetypal and there was so much value, how, how would one go about facing that fear in the future? Or if you, we have kind of that precarious uncertainty again, what are you going to do to kind of honor it? Yeah. Well, it's like the, the bison that kind of face the storm coming on, you know, you got to breathe I love it. the whole experience. And I feel like now with a little bit more confidence in this, this world, I would say, yeah, face the storm. It's going to come and it's not going to kill you. You breathe deeply and you harness that energy. And I guess, you know, one thing I can say about it is I just keep feeding that light in me. Um, and, and you look at it like energy and power and, um, and life force. And with that on your, your side, you know, there's nothing really to fear. You can go into the darkness and you can kind of stare, stare down the monster a little bit, nothing like threatening or anything, but just kind of, you know, go where you need to go and know that you're backed up by your ancestors and backed up by this life force that's been there forever. And if you can align really, yourself with that, you can, can go for it. Really truth. That's wisdom. Liam, tell me a little bit, if we could pivot, you, you quietly said you're in recovery and in the 12 steps, how does one walk that? How are you integrating that into your life, honoring that path of sobriety that so many of us are taking, but also understanding the value of, as you said, plant medicine? What What's the way that you walk that tightrope? Yeah, well, for sure, it was a struggle at first and kind of some mental gymnastics going on with me and my sponsor and other folks in the program. You know, I kind of kept it to myself for the most part. I think there's a traditional model of AA and other recovery programs that, that would say anything that affects you from the neck up, you're really not supposed to participate in. And 
I agreed with that for a long time and I still do for a lot of people, but I was ready to take this step. I think I was at a mature point in life that I was ready to experiment. And I knew that these substances were non-addictive and I trusted the research on that. I also read a lot about the research with how that helps with addiction and so many other things. So I was just at a point where I'm a curious, you know, person that wants to deepen spiritually. I know that there's the temptation of like thinking that this type of, you know, almost thinking like it's a crutch where I need this to get deeper. And I'm aware of that. And that's why I think integration is so key that like, you don't think this is just the, the silver bullet to it. It's like, this, right. this helps you, but you have to do your own work. And once I kind of, um, settled on that and knew that this was not just like a free ride for fun, that it's actually going to take a lot of work. Then I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound like, um, me wanting to get you know, messed up or something. This is me wanting to understand myself more. And that's exactly what it's been. So when I do have the conversations with my sponsor, I explain that and he's like, all right, you do what you got to do. As long as it's, uh, you know, deepening your relationship with the higher power and you're not drinking and you feel more at peace with yourself. He's not, he's not really arguing with me. And I, and I feel, I feel confident in my decision. I do know too, that there are 12 step groups that kind of integrate on this level and, um, have found that gray area of sobriety where plant medicine is, is accepted. Yeah. And I've heard that. And there's, I think what I'm hearing from you and I really appreciate your vantage point is it needs to be individually created, cultivated and constantly checked in on, right? Especially with the addictive model and behaviors that uh, many of us have is it's a slippery slope. And if you're not checking on it, it's, it is like, before you know it, the hurricane or the tsunami is like at your doorstep and you weren't mm -hmm. paying attention. So that consciousness that you are saying has been serving you. Yeah, for sure. And again, I, I put it in the intention of something like plant medicine, you know, you do have to, at least for me, like for, for me and the program, I have to kind of draw some lines with like, the difference between that and, and like cannabis or THC or even, you know, the CBD hybrids like that to me ended up kind of going down a path of a little bit more like dependency. And so I've kind of had to scale back on that side of things and distinguish the difference between that and then like an intentional microdose or something like that. So you can feel a little bit more like, you know, you're doing this for a reason, not just like an escape. Yeah. Liam, what's the psychedelic garden that you use right now? What's the, what's in the wheelhouse? What's resonating with you and how are you expressing yourself with it? Yeah. So just mostly psilocybin. Um, I, and psilocybin microdoses as well. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've gone down the path. I guess there briefly, there was some LSD microdoses, but, um, yeah, I think psilocybin resonates with me right now just because that's all I've really had the experience of. Oh, I guess I should say I did have a MDMA microdose, which was also really enlightening for opening up and letting kind of the, the teacher come in with the, the psilocybin as well. I don't know, you know, enough to kind of speak on 
what exactly is happening there other than I resonate with the idea of of mycelium and and fungus, you know, interconnecting things and communicating through the earth and in between species and even this awesome thing I was reading the other day between lightning and storms cycling down and um when a lightning bolt strikes, you know, that creates this energy and the spores for fungus to come up and then vice versa the the spores of that fungus then release into the clouds and there's so many you know billions of pounds of like metric uh weight of these spores in in clouds and so the cycle of mushroom spores is maybe what the ancestors you know kind of understood a higher power to be um love it and (laughs) it's like wow it's so powerful you know it's like heaven on earth god coming down um incarnate in in the flesh and it's you know this the sacrament of of the mushroom and i think that's a really beautiful understanding of some of these ancient ceremonies that were going on and how they understood partaking in this really sacred cycle of energy i love that liam do you find it um you are such a colorful storyteller and so poetic in words do you go in with the idea are you feeling the idea that oh this is a necessity that i should be kind of more creative and exploring my creative side or this is i need to heal some wounds within myself and i'm really going to kind of harness this intention or uh speak to me personally about where you are at when you create your intentional work because you do play within so many different spectrums how does one kind of decipher or do you allow the wisdom of the the mushroom to kind of guide you yeah mostly i'll go in open-minded and uh see what happens maybe maybe down deep down i kind of know what i'm struggling with and that what might need some attention whether that's like the relationship with my wife or um yeah my relationship with my art and music i guess maybe in retrospect, I can say that like looking back, I might have a a hunch of what might get the focus, but no, you know, a lot of times it is a surprise where it's like, wow, that whole time I was thinking about my wife, you know, and I didn't think about music or myth or anything else. It was just kind of like, that is what needs the attention. And it like trusting that the teacher knows like this is important right now for forget about everything else and if you if you don't you know cherish her and the family like some of those things you know won't be able some of those other lessons won't be able to come to fruition so you got to figure that out and and then sometimes yeah it's like oh you have been neglecting like your appreciation for music so here is an amazing experience where you hear music differently and you fall back in love with the craft and then other times just completely open and surprise prize lessons i love it it's fantastic tell me where the horizon's leading you what's the path the the journey this ancient journey that your ancestors have invited you to take what, what, what color me a picture hmm yeah, I think for me, it's deepening the relationship with my ancestors and my heritage. I've been doing some research and just kind of what that even means culturally for me so that I can feel connected to a land-based 
spirituality, which I think all of us, if we go back far enough, have. And feeling, you know, a sense of of pride and inspiration from like knowing that that's in my lineage and then studying the the kind of mapping or the the symbology that was in that culture so that you can can feel that animism that you know that everything has its life that your ancestors felt and being a part of that is community and that's what i think we're all craving um these days is depth meaning and community so i think it's more there's some learning that goes on there like more just like reading and academic type research but like that's that's just kind of the start of it and and in doing that you also want to just make sure you're integrating how those things feel in your body so important learn about them yeah so that's so important like connecting the dots intellectually I love it because what you're saying is grounding in the spirit, but doing it in the body, I think, connecting to the earth, as you said, it's very, very common that we can get lost in the ethos of the psychedelic world and spacey. And and what I hear you saying is bringing value to the getting your body in the earth, connecting to all these beautiful things, these creatures, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And for me, I just have to keep reminding myself to not over-intellectualize it, not, not think about it too much and try to figure it out. It's like hopefully that kind of wavelength is, is healing and can, can remind us what really matters versus, you know, what we get fed a lot, which is a little bit more hectic and fast paced and, and goal oriented, which, um, isn't really how spirit works. And I, I've noticed the medicine doesn't really work that way either. So no, definitely. It will, it will give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. Yeah. You got and it. put you on your own trajectory via time and climbing that mountain. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Oh yeah. Thank you, Ryan. This was really nice. It felt surprising to hear what words even come out just trusting that whatever comes out needs to and it's all part of the compost pile right psychedelic medicines offers a chance to connect with our ancestors take a moment and honor them be it in the space with psychedelics or everyday living and most of all be gentle 